An eternity of basketball is part of the Globally Balling Network. And uh, being part of the Globally Balling Network, we have some sister shows. One of them is Who the Heck Are We? And their latest episode has Francis Ducky Glindro, head coach of Brent MLBB. Check that out on the Who the Heck Are We page. Most popular episodes on YouTube. For our show, Bernie Fabiosa all the way down to Manny Paner and the Chris Pantayota guys. And Yoyo Martirez somewhere there in between. The Globally Ballin Network has original articles, audio, and video projects. Check out globallyballin.com for all of that. And uh, you can catch our live episodes now on Twitter. Go to the Globally Ballin Twitter page and uh, you can catch us there as well. Aside from Facebook and on YouTube, follow us on social media. Link tree slash Globally Ballin for easy access to all of that. Okay, so here we go. This is episode 147 and I'm Charlie Kuna together with Sid Ventura. And Noel Zarate doing some Zen work right there. My neck is killing me. Noel Zarate. So this is episode 147. So let's get to it right away. Bit of a late start for us. Mm-hmm. Our guest for today, if you were a Hinebra fan in the early 90s, you will not forget this fellow because their team was down 1-3 in a final series. This guy helped them come back all the way to get the seven-game uh, seven series para sa Hinebra. Uh, of course, lots of dramatics, lots of slams and jams. A native of Fresno, California. Well, let's bring him in right now. You know, some people think he's an actor in Hollywood. Looks like an actor. Let's talk about that later. But let's bring him in, Jervis Cole. Hey, hey Jervis, welcome to the show. Hey, man. hey. Yeah, you know, th- thanks for coming on. And then uh, it's a great time uh, during your time here in the PBA. You know, Hinebra was was up and up, uh, crazy championship series. Against Shell, but let's go. Let's go way back. Let's let's reverse and, and start from the start. I know you're from Fresno. Uh, went to, uh, in Eastern. You studied at the Washington Union. How did you get started in the sport of basketball? What made you choose basketball in a in a country where there's so many other sports to choose from? Uh, um, actually, I was uh, one of those kids you called a knucklehead early on. Um, I really didn't think about sports much. I have a twin brother, Jarvis. He played, you know, football, uh, soccer, basketball, you name it. Uh, I absolutely didn't play any sports. And then once I got to the seventh, uh, eighth grade, I started playing a little bit more soccer. Uh, I didn't start playing basketball until probably the first month or so of uh, the eighth grade year. I just played pickup. You know, I never played basketball. Uh, I started doing some football stuff without my mom knowing. So my twin brother and I used to play football for one of the top uh, Pop Warner teams in, in our area. And she didn't even know we were playing. So we used to sneak out because she didn't want us playing football. Uh, so I was more of a football guy and, and started playing a little bit of basketball. All our coaches started noticing our team. We had a really good team in the eighth grade. And from that point on, we got recruited basically to high schools and, and the rest was history. How tall were you by then when you started in, in eighth grade? How were you already about six foot plus? No, I was uh God, I think I was like five ten or something. Um All right. my brother and my friends were taller than I was, and um within like one summer I grew like six inches. Oh, okay. So, yeah, so when I got to high school, literally when I went to the ninth grade, uh from the eighth, I was uh six four my freshman year in high school. And and so for me, it was just a big growth spurt. So I went past my brother and all my friends. Um, we went 29 and 0 um, our, our sophomore, our freshman year. 
Uh, we played JV, which was um, uh, a level up from freshman. Uh, both of us got called up to varsity our, our freshman year to play in the playoffs. The following year, I was I was a starter on the varsity team. That was really good. Uh, we lost Valley, I mean, state championship uh, in the semis twice, and then we finally won uh, state championship my senior year, 29 and 0. So, you know, we had a really, really good team, and uh, I was blessed to have some great coaches around me and, and you know, really taught us the game of basketball early on. So, so when you were uh, when you were uh, honing your skills in, in the sport of basketball, did you have any idols uh, in the NBA that you said, I want to be like this guy? Well, the funny thing, it was more Fresno State for me. It was uh, we had a lot of guys that was at Fresno State that was going to the pro guys like a guy named Rod Higgins, who became one of oh, Michael yeah. Jordan's friends. Um, uh, Bernard Thompson, Ron Anderson, who was six man of the year with the Sixers. Right. Uh, there were tons and tons of guys, uh, people who and all these guys that was coming out of Fresno State was one of the reasons I chose to go to state. So when I was working out and getting ready for games, I wasn't even really thinking about pro. I was always just thinking about college and and emulating my games after the Fresno State guys. And mm -hmm. uh, when Michael Jordan started to emerge, I started watching more. Of course, everybody was watching Dr. J and Magic back in the day. And and um, so it was it was more the Fresno State guys. Then I started watching Magic, uh, Michael, you know, Kareem, of course, with an unstoppable skyhook. So. You know, I just started once I started getting good and I saw I had a, probably an opportunity to, to to go past high school and college. That's when I started focusing more on pro and what pro players was doing. So I started trying to pattern my game more after guys like that, like Michael Jordan and, and other guys. And, and I was just a physical player all, all the way around. So I was never afraid to play. Yeah. Jervis, you mentioned you had a twin brother, right, Jarvis? Did yes. He also, did he also uh, undergo that? Uh, six-inch growth spurt over the summer, or yeah, that's a good we're question. Fraternal. Yeah, we're fraternal, so he got the short end of the stick. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I saw a photo. Uh -huh. Yeah, he was. Um, you know, he was still a really good athlete. He became the starter for uh, as a quarterback. Uh, he did go to college to Fresno Pacific. Uh, at the time, it was an NAIA school. Uh, now it's a D two school. So you know, we still both went to college. It was just I mm -hmm. was a little bit more. Um, blessed with, you know, a little bit more height, a uh, little bit more quickness, but he was still a great player, unbelievable shooter. What's his height, uh, Jervis, now? Uh, I'm talking Robert about Jervis. probably like 6'3". Okay. Not, not bad at all, <laughs> especially with Filipino standards. I'd yeah, take that any bad. day, yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, having a twin brother that was uh, a couple inches shorter and um, – um, and I was getting all of the colleges looking at me. So, you know, um, I I was always sensitive to that fact that I was the one I was getting more the accolades. And but he was just as responsible uh, for our championships that I was or anyone else on the team. You know, it, it stands out to me that you were looking or idolizing uh, Fresno players, you know, guys from there. It really shows your roots. You know where you are and how how proud of of a Fresno resident you your family was, uh, Jervis. But you mentioned Bernard Thompson. Do you know that he played in the in the PBA as well? Yeah, I know yeah. Bernard did, and uh, we talked about that a little bit. Uh, we bumped into each other over in um, I think it was Israel or somewhere in or France. Uh, so you know, uh, I think I talked to Bernard maybe six months ago. 
I'm head of okay. Fresno State alumni, so I have opportunities to talk to all of the ex-players and work with guys. So, you know, I'm fortunate to still be heavily involved in the school. Mm -hmm. Eventually, you got to hook him up. Uh, hook, hook him up with us, okay, Bernard? <laughs> oh yeah, bring yeah. him on the show. Man. Thing. I love him, so um, I'm sure he'd love to come on. Yeah, yeah, because he's an NBA guy as well. It would be great to yeah. talk to him. But you know, so, so you're there. You're you're playing at that Washington Union uh, with, with your great coaches, as you said, and, and there's a lot of success there. How, how does that translate uh, as far as the scouts coming in and trying to recruit you for for college? I mean, were were there a lot of people coming in at Washington Union? Uh, from out from out state, yeah, there were schools coming from everywhere, you know. BYU, um, God, you name it, they were coming in or getting letters from everyone. And um, you know, we were fortunate. We had a really good team, a really good coach. Our coach ended up being our defensive coach at Fresno State. Um, we didn't experience too many losses, you know, and and so we were in Sports Illustrated in high school. We had a team that was a powerhouse in the nation, and and you know nationally ranked so we were fortunate so we had a lot of opportunities to have teams watch us uh guys come in if we was on the road somewhere they would go watch us there uh i also played in what they call the bci which was like uh, aau now so i was always like in memphis arizona vegas even back then you know it's not like now you have to send tapes or or they have to come watch you in person. Now all they have to do is, is ask someone to send a video, you know, or go to YouTube. You can see almost any player. We just didn't have that back then. But, you know, I think basketball was tougher then than it is now. But at the same time, I wouldn't change the era at all because, you know, I, I was able to, to accomplish stuff. But our high school was good, you know. And we had uh, Chris Jeffries uh, went to the NBA from our high school. Uh, Deshaun Stevenson went to my high school. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so we had a lot of college D1 players and, and pro players that came out of my school. Well, besides Fresno State, uh, it, was, was there any other school that you were entertaining going into college, like the UCLA's, you know, the, the, the big schools? I'm sure they all yeah, recruited yeah, you. When you look, yeah, when you look back, it's, you know, you think about the decisions you made, uh, should you have made a different decision? You know, I went on recruit trips to uh, Berkeley, Cal Berkeley. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Kansas State wanted to talk to me. Um, Kansas, Iowa, Iowa State. There was just so many schools. Um, New Mexico, New Mexico State, Hawaii. It was just so many schools that were sending letters and 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 calling. And I think probably the most intriguing was BYU. You know, um, it was during the playoffs one time, and I think it was playing the Lakers. And I get a call from Danny Ainge. And trying to recruit me to BYU, he said the coaches wanted him to call me, and I was kind of puzzled. Like, why would Danny Ainge call me? I didn't think I was that good. But you know, <laughs> BYU wanted me probably more than anyone. Uh, but I decided on Fresno State because it was in my community. Uh, we had opportunities because there were always schools, you know, kids going to uh, pro from there. Uh, when I was thinking about going there, there was currently five Fresno State players in the pros. So, you know, it, it was good. And when I went there, I had a good career. You know, we had a couple losing seasons. Uh, left the second all-time score when I left the school. So, you know, I had a good career, you know, and there are things I wish was different there. But at the same time, you know, I never think about anything that should have happened because my life is is, is pretty good and, and still communicate with all the guys, my coaches, everyone. So, you know, I, I've got some lifelong friends out of Fresno State. So Danny H was already doing GM work when he was still playing for the Celtics. 
Yeah. No, he was a player. He was, yeah, he yeah. was him work recruiting players to his old college for yeah. sure. Right. He was, was a star. He was a star. He was a, he was a two sports star in BYU. Yeah, he he was a good athlete, man, and, and hard nose, and I respected him for that for sure. Got to do a lot of fights during his career, of course. Noel and Cena. <laughs> <Yeah. started>. <laughs> <laughs> you you mentioned Sorry, Danny Ainge; they're they're already tickled pink, you know. No, 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 Noel and green, Cena. green, <laughs> green. Yeah, we're we're getting the discussion. We talked about Washington, green. and we're now we're at Fresno already. Yeah. I think it, it's the perfect time that we should enter our photo gallery. It's called the time capsule. And uh, because Sid prepared some some mm -hmm. some photos from from your career, so I think okay. we should enter the time capsule now, guys. Are we ready for that time capsule? Yes. So the time capsule is brought to us by Champs House of Chicken Tagaytay. You should try the house roast chicken, Jervis. If ever you come over to Manila soon, oh, yeah. house yeah, roast chicken, Champs House of Chicken Tagaytay. Really good stuff there. Check them out on their social media, IG, Facebook. They delivered to Metro Manila, Cavite, Laguna, Violala, Move and Talk Talk. So Champs House of Chicken. Let's enter the time capsule right now. There you go. Uh, 28, no. Who's that young? Who's the young guy with a with a tie? <laughs> yeah, we finished 29 and 0. right? <laughs> yeah, we were 29 and 0 after that was right before we won the championship. And I think I was one of the players of the year or something. That's when I had, you know, hair and all of that good stuff. So it performing <laughs> away right now. Can you can you tell us about uh, John Pesterich, uh Jervis? Yeah, Coach P was, you know, very unique, and he was really good friends, um, and he was a student of the game. He he called it, He went to school at UCLA, um, and when he started doing basketball and when we went to Washington Union, we came in with a powerhouse team already because the same team pretty much from 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 the junior high. We went to the same high school, and uh, Pestridge was friends with Ryan Adams, who was just named the uh, – uh, Tex Winter, uh, assistant coach of the year in the NBA. Mm -hmm. He's with Golden State Warriors. And so Ron was uh, the defensive guy at Fresno State. And him, him and uh, so he was helping Pastrich learn the matchup zone, which is something that he runs. You know, he was the uh, architect of. Uh, then it became Amoeba when he taught it to Jerry Tarkinian. So John was teaching us, and we learned Fresno State, the number one defense in the nation. We learned that in high school. So it was very difficult for teams to beat us when we was running a true college matchup, and we were only taught, you know, uh, college stuff. We were never really taught high school stuff. So when we went to play teams, just our, uh, our knowledge of the game was, I think, was more superior, even if the yeah. team was bigger yeah. or faster. We just had knowledge that a lot of kids didn't have, and – when I signed to go to Fresno State a year later, uh, Pastors became the, the head defensive coach there. Oh, okay. All right. Well, oh, it says here, part you. of the article, uh, see it, it says it's 18.3 points and 9.3 rebound, rebounds. Those were your averages, at least during this season. Mm -hmm. Well, the funny thing is, you know, they never played me like halfway through the third and none of the fourth because we was always blowing people out. I probably would have yeah, yeah. 30 points. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Yes. But still, you got noticed, right? You still got noticed in the team yeah. that's loaded with yeah, defense. It was the same with Fresno State. You know, we would play slow down ball, you know, and, and if they just let me play, I think I, I, I would have 100%, you know, become the number one scorer in the history and stuff like that. But, um, you know, my first couple of years, it was kind of slow. The coaches was, you know, not playing me as much as I wanted. And my senior year, junior year is when I really kind of found my wings. Jervis, the uh, team photo on the right 
your twin brother is number 21, is that correct? Yes, Jarvis. Yeah, so yeah, this stage of your lives, your the height difference was uh, still pretty noticeable, right? Yeah, you know, um, I just think once it was just weird that everyone on my team was pretty much taller than I was in eighth grade. In ninth grade, I was past everybody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. that's a crazy growth spurt in one summer. Yeah. That's something that's right. my son well, would love to have. Well, the thing <laughs> was, you know, I was just getting on the bus and I hit my head on the top of the bus when I never did it before. And I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> and yeah, you probably had to change your pants too because they were too high. They became short pants. Well, everything was small. I didn't really realize it until the first day of school. And that's when the coaches brought me in the office and actually measured me and because I you know they saw me and I wasn't that tall when they first saw me in you know in eighth grade. Yeah they must have thought yeah. you're an imposter. <laughs> yeah it was different. Yeah, yeah. Lots yeah. of stories that way you know David Robinson had a similar story during his stay at Navy he grew like he grew like seven or eight inches. It was ridiculous. He didn't have to do a tour of the Navy he was too tall. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not exempted. I've got yeah, him exempted from all of that. Yeah, you got exempted. Also, also, Dennis Rodman, I think, grew 11 inches in one year. Yeah, Dennis like grew a lot. You know, it's very it's, – it's, it's, it's almost normal in the U.S. You know, I see kids one summer, and then I see them again, and these guys are looking me eye to eye. So it's, 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 it happens pretty fast here. Was there a period of adjustment for you when you grow six inches in one summer? Um, do you does your body adjust right away? Can you jump the same way? Can you handle the ball the same way? Or is, is, there, is there an awkward stage? I was a klutz, you know. I was, you know, my feet was growing like crazy. I was, I was so out of control, and um, I had no balance. So, you know, when you grow really fast, they call it gangly, you know, and lanky. Uh -huh. yeah. And what ends up happening is, you know, you got to grow into your body, and once your muscles and stuff start, and, and your body start reacting to the size then you're able to adjust a lot more. Yeah, it was, it was it, my freshman year, I was trying to find myself the whole year, you know, and, and I didn't come into myself until probably the beginning of the, the, my sophomore year. But your the skills that you were uh, learning before your growth spurt, I, I imagine you were a guard, right? And then- I didn't really play. I was in the eighth grade and I was just playing pickup in the seventh, eighth, sixth grade. I was never playing on the team. Yeah, but but on the court, yeah, pickup games you were like in the backcourt. Oh, uh, they put me in the post because I couldn't dribble or shoot or nothing. They just I wasn't. <laughs> I was big enough to get rebounds, and that was it. So they just put me there, you know, and begged me to play. The guy John Sato, my eighth grade coach, who actually um, has coached some amazing players in football and, and basketball and track. So he's one of the guys that got me to play because I wouldn't play, and he begged me to play, and and he did the same with me. With a he do with a lot of players in this area, which are you know become very very big name athletes, uh, from Tim McDonald football, Icky Woods football. All these guys are guys that went through uh, Sado from you know athletes from you know junior high, elementary, and and you know teaching you how to be an athlete, teaching you how to be a, a, a productive person in your community, uh, teaching you how to become a man. was You know, I was fortunate to have a guy like Sato, and then you go to Washington Union and you end up having guys like Pestridge and Cedarquist and Coach Miller. And so you're always surrounded. I, you know, I've been fortunate to be surrounded with some tremendous coaches and, and mentors in my life. And, and when it came down to 
me learning the game, they was patient enough to let me grow into what I was going to become because I had no clue I was going to be a good basketball player. Yeah, well, look at that. You you had a great combination with the coach Pesterich because coach of the year, player of the year, two years in a row, if I'm not mistaken. It says you guys yeah. compete with. Yeah. So what do you I, get? What do you get when you're when you're named player of the year, Jervis? Just just a plaque or a trophy? What, what do you get? I don't know. You get somebody to draw an ugly picture of you. That's what you get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This comes out of like Ripley's Believe It or Not, you know. That, that, yeah, that's yeah. What it looks like. <laughs> exactly. You know, I'm still very well known here, and and you know, and from what we did in high school, what I did in college, and. You know, I talk to Coach P every once in a while and all of the other coaches. So I still see everyone and talk to everyone and communicate with as many people as I possibly can and even still talk to Sato. And, you know, if there's something going on, I always reach out to him, let him know what's going on. And so for me, it's it's I think always give it back is what I wanted to do. And um, that's why I think I keep in contact with so many people out there in the Philippines and. I talk to a lot of fans in the Philippines all the time. So many people saying, give me a shout out. Well, I'm giving you a shout out. Hi. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I, you know, it's, it's tremendous that, you know, people remember what, what we did there. And, and I had a great career playing overseas and, you know, and disappointing careers and, you know, trying to make NBA teams. And so, you know, just unique, you know, growing into what I, you know, what I became into who I am now. Right. Let's, let's move to the next photo and let's see. I think we're moving up stages now after the Panthers. Obviously, you went to Fresno State. There you are. There. Nice jump shot that you're taking. Uh, I think that's uh, – what school is that? Wichita State? Are you playing against? Like, what it could be Wichita, uh, Long Beach, somebody. I don't know. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then there, you're dunking, of course. That's a familiar sight for Filipino right. fans. But, no, have, so, but, but your career – yeah. Sorry, I have yeah, go ahead, go ahead, a question ahead. about this, this jump shot of yours. Did you, did you develop this on your own or did you – Pattern it after somebody because it, it looks like a familiar jump shot to me. Well, the funny thing was, it's, it's you know, when you have really good coaches, they all teach kind of the same form. And I used to always just, you know, I was never really a jump shooter. I was more mid range um, in the post in high school. Then when I got to Fresno State, you know, of course they had great coaches and, and, they honed in more on my shot for me and, and, you know, tell you to keep the elbow in and, 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 and elbow to the rim and release, flick the wrist, you know, so all of that stuff just became natural. And I think because I did it so much, you know, with Pestridge and that Washington union that the muscle memory became, you know, to, to this day, I can still just stroke the shots and it just, you know, it's just something that you develop. And, you know, I have a son right now that's 21 in college and, uh-huh. And, you know, we got totally opposite shots, and it, it frustrates me trying to get them to shoot proper. <laughs> then, then you get to a point where, you know, it's going in, screw it, just, you know, just shoot to where you're normal. Right. And you right. Comfortable. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying it's familiar. It looks like an Andrew Tony jump shot to me. Man, I wish I shot like Andrew Tony. I thought it was. <laughs> no, I He'd was probably still be playing. Yeah, I was yeah. thinking Bernard King. And, and that's true. That's also true. Hey, one of hey. guys, man, all the major league if I was more consistent. <laughs> You'll take that. So, you know, in, in this article, Cole turning into a gem for the Bulldogs, I think this is your sophomore or junior year because coach, it's Coach Roth, uh, Adams that's being, that's being quoted there. But, but you know, the improvement that you had stats-wise, when you were a freshman, four and a half points a game, 2.9 rebounds, I guess you didn't play that much when you were a freshman. I, and then they just... Well, the funny thing, I became a starter. 
And okay. my coach was a hard nose. And and he was one of those guys you listen to the coaches, you listen to assistant coaches, and you listen to the seniors. And I was one of those guys like, I'm not listening to a senior, just a player. I didn't care. So coach uh-huh. got mad at me, um, I think midway through the season, because I wouldn't listen to a couple seniors. And I made a smart-ass comment and said that, you know what, I'm not listening to him. He doesn't even play. So the coach started starting that guy in front of me. <laughs> so so I sat, you know, I sat the rest of the season. And Mike Mitchell became the freshman of the year. And uh, he was on my team. And, and yeah, I was yeah. on my first team all league. Um, so, you know, I, I did well, but I could have did 10 times better. Um, but, you know, those are decisions and, and things that coaches make that, you know, kind of change careers to me. Yeah, but, but they always encourage players to always try to get better. If you look at your four seasons at Fresno State, you went from four points a game to 12 to 16 to 18. Even your rebound numbers went up. So is this is this a result of more playing time, more confidence from the coach, or is this something you really worked on, you know, uh, you worked on your jump shot during, this, during the offseason, things like that? Yeah, you know, just like what I did in high school, when I was by myself, I would always go shoot. I would always go run. I would always go run hills. I was always doing something, try to better the craft of basketball. And that's, I think that's the most frustrating thing right now is you have so many kids that have the same opportunities, um, even better, because if you want to learn how to shoot a free throw or a jump shot or play defense, you just pull it up on YouTube, right? Or kids these days, especially in the U.S., a lot of kids just don't. And they just look at the, the mixtapes and they look at the, the the best players, you know, that got the best highlights. And But they don't really home in on the best game, um, uh, what makes you better. And so, you know, we have a gym now. I opened my own gym, you know, with my partner, Phil. And and our gym is a training center for kids who really want to learn, you know. And if you really want to learn basketball, you come to Impact Athletics. And we have some great trainers there that really does, you know, help you. And I think it's very important because, you know, in my communities, uh, we're the second poorest community in the whole United States of West Fresno, where I grew up. And so I want to get the kids opportunities, not just those kids, but any kid who want to get better. That's what our gym, that's what our gym is about. That's great. It's great work. Yeah. yeah. Do you do coaching of, of your own or do you just own the yeah, gym and you got, you got a bunch of coaches? I went to my old high, uh, old neighborhood and coached at Edison High School, which is a very historic school here. The career didn't go the way I wanted, but, but you know, I, I still work with a lot of the kids. Um, I hired some this summer to work with us at our camps. So, you know, I train kids. Uh, so, you know, I still give back as much as possible. So the stuff that I do is always now geared towards our youth and our community. And, that, you know, I just think if you don't build our youth, you you know, you're building a dead future. And and um, the weird thing was before Bobby Parks died, Bobby and I have I reached out to Bobby on Facebook and we were going to try to plan to do a camp together and in, in the Philippines. And then he got I think he got sick like a few months later and, and ended up passing away and. But yeah, we had this started having those discussions about you know me coming there and doing something together. Have those discussions stalled? I mean, you can still do that, right, with or without Bobby? Yeah, I can still do it, but you know, I need people with boots on the ground there and, and other stuff. And I'm talking to people right now over in Holland about doing some stuff, and I mm-hmm. uh, would love to go and do some stuff with Ruben Magnano that won the Olympics from Argentina. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was my coach for three years. Um, 
So I would love to do stuff around the world and just, you know, the stuff that I've learned. I've been fortunate, you know, to have coaches that have taught me a lot and I still stay in contact with them. So uh, only coach I've reached out to and haven't talked to was Jaworski. Mm-hmm. I talked to his son once and, and a couple of people that know him, but, you know, he's a busy guy and, you know, I'm just nervous. I ain't nobody. <laughs> no, it's not true. No, with, uh, with, with regards to, 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 to your camps and, and how you help the youth right now, what's the best advice that you give uh, the youngsters who are trying to follow in your footsteps at least or get to the pros? Well, I tell every kid the same thing. Like, look, you're only going to be as good as, as you work and your work ethic. Um, early on, you, you do know if you have ability, right? Um, some kids are, are fooling themselves or their parents are where a kid may make a high school team, but he'll never play after high school. But then you see the kids, because I'm also a valuer of, of, of talent, is you look at the kid and see what these kids can possibly do how they could contribute, and can they play in college? You know, I think if any kid go to college, you have an opportunity to play somewhere around the world if you're one of the, you know, five, six guys on that team. And and I tell them all, you got to work hard, man, and, and practice is not the place to become a better basketball player. You know, it's, it's the workouts. And if you're not willing to work out, like I literally had kids that will not work out the entire summer, right, and just show up at tryouts and think they're going to be better than they was last year because they're a little older and it just doesn't happen. So yeah. I tell kids the same thing. And, I, and if it's, you know, you got to have confidence. It's the number one thing. And if you don't have confidence, it doesn't matter what you do. So what I always try to do is build a kid's confidence and, and make sure they're working out, try to make sure they're eating right if they have the capability to do that and also work on their cardio. And if a kid is coachable, they can become anything if they have the balance. Well, my, my question to you about about your your tryouts or, or at least the, the you wanted to get into the NBA I mean what would you have done different if you uh, if you'd come back go back in time what would you have done different to maybe change that well the one thing I would have did different I would have went back to camp with Orlando the veterans camp um I was the last cut in Orlando magic um they ended up keeping uh Chris Corciani from NC State and he was from Florida originally and the following season, um, I went back, uh, was invited back to free agent camp, went to free agent camp, um, told me flat out, yeah, we want you in bed camp. You know, you're playing your butt off. And between the bed camp and when I decided to go overseas, that was the same year Shaq was coming in. And I lost a lot of money the year before because, you know, I went all the way to the last cut, right? And if you go all through that, there's most of the teams around the world are already full. So you really, you know, you're going to end up just playing, you know, for minimal money and stuff, even though you wanted the top players. Right. So what ended up happening was I, you know, I started asking team, could you guys give me more or some type of guarantee? They couldn't because they had to restructure everybody contract anyway for Shaquille O'Neal. Right. Uh, he was going to be a rookie. And, and they ended up signing Donald Royal, right? We played pretty much the same position. And I was just thinking to myself, like, there's absolutely no way I'm going to make this team because they just brought in another guy, you know, with uh, Nick Anderson, Donald Royal, um, uh, and those guys. I was like, there's no way I'm making the team. So I decided to go overseas. And when I look back at it now, they kept, you know, uh, extra guard, which I knew they wouldn't want it to. That probably was a spot they had for me. 
but I probably would have went overseas as fast as I did. But no matter what, I never second guess myself. I just keep pushing, man, and, and just keep doing my thing. Okay. Right. It wasn't about my ability because I was absolutely killing, you know, and, and I think off the bench I was the leading scorer the year I got cut and they kept Chris was, you know, they needed, you know, the new franchise. They needed, you know, to keep the fans happy. So to me, they kept Chris for that reason. I think he only played one season in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, this is your uh, Fresno State. Uh, it's, it's a tough world. It's a number game. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What's that, Sid, you were saying? No, 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 I'm saying is this your Fresno State uh, team photo. What, what year was this, uh, your visit, uh, remember? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry. For one, I can't see. I ain't got my glasses on, so let me put my <laughs> That's okay. Um, God, it have to be. I'm trying to see who's all on the team. Do, 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 do. That's junior or, so, uh, or, or senior. I think probably, my right? junior or senior year. I think it might have been my junior year. Junior or senior, one of the two, because I know I see Will Hooker and all um, – the guard, he got, I think that was my senior year. Um, okay. The kid that's sitting in the chair all the way to the left, my left, is um, was kicked off the team. And that was the first year he played with me. And um, so that was my senior year. And Ron Adams. You're, you're, you're talking about the first guy sitting down on the left. Yeah, Andre Sims. And um, okay. I, I, thought was, that's a lead, I thought that's the lead singer of Shalimar. <laughs> you know how Howard Hewitt or something. Like, like that, right? Come on, man. Yeah, this sure show is like it's officially dated now. After yeah. that. <laughs> you know the funny thing is when I look back at this team and we had a lot of players and at Fresno State we ended up having different players come in almost every year. We was you know getting rid of guys, bringing the new guys. So I never played with the same guys. There was really no consistency early on. I think that was Ron Adams' first, like, real head coaching job. He was always an assistant coach. So he was learning. I was learning. The players are learning. So it was, you know, it was a d- different time, you know. And, and I could have left Fresno State um, at any moment, and I just decided to stay. Mike Mitchell, him and I were the two top scorers. He ended up leaving and um, going over uh, – going – followed the original coach that recruited me. So, so you know, it was – Fresno State was frustrating at times, but still wouldn't change anything. You know, looking at the picture, I would have never thought Coach Adams would have won four championships, and, you know, with Golden State. Um, um, definitely wouldn't have thought he was going to be a assistant coach of the year a number of times and defensive guru, all of the stuff that comes with them. But, you know, Ron and I talk a lot, and, and he's like family to me. And so, you know, I'm fortunate. Like, God high school, junior high, pro, you got great coaches around you. And, yeah. and you know, you don't get that that much in life. You know what I mean? You don't have head coaches everywhere you go that knows what they're doing. And then the guy in Argentina, Ruben, won the Olympics against the United States, you know. Yeah. And so we've had some great coaches, man. I got, Hall of, you know, Hall of Fame coaches. You know, it's, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you guys ever make it to uh, March Madness during your four years there? Shit, we didn't even make it to the freaking mall. <laughs> I, I sense some frustration in that in that tone, Jervis. I've been, been happy to go to Schumacher. 
But during this time in your senior year, did, did you get any feelers from any NBA teams already saying? Yeah, uh, I, I was getting calls and and, yeah. and and that was part of the, I think, the, the, the issues of having new coaches and new coaching staff. They really didn't know how to navigate um, the responses they were getting, right? Like, I didn't even know to the end of my senior year that I had, you know, the Sixers and other people sending in letters and, and making contact and so I never went to a senior camp, you know, I never went anywhere. And, and, you know, I, I know I should have went to a senior camp. I was a I, second in voting in the league player of the year. Uh, that year um, I was second. Cedric Sabalas won it that year. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, he won the league player of the year. I won, I was two. Stacy Ogman was three. You know, we had some tremendous players in our league and, 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 you know, I just didn't – we just didn't have the knowledge to get me to where I needed to be, like the Chicago, you know, free agent camp and or seniors games or anything. I didn't – it was just sad, man. And when I first got my shot in the CBA, it was, you know, me calling down to the San Jose Jammers and, and, and saying I want to come into camp. And they were like, who are you? And I'm telling them, and they're like, aren't you in a camp somewhere? <laughs> like, aren't you in an NBA camp? I'm like, no, I ain't going anywhere. So, you know, I went in to – they needed, I think, two positions to go to, to their to their vet camp, and I went to a free agent tryout-type camp. I get there, it was like almost 150 people, and they only needed two players. Uh, so once I got there, I went in, and, and they put me on a pretty decent team, and and I just went in and just wrecked shop, man, and 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 I killed, and and, and – they brought me into bed camp, and I was one of the leading guys for six men of the year my first year. And, you know, I just get the weirdest stuff happens. And they, some kid that wasn't even playing that was from our city, the fans voted him to the All-Star game, and the guy wasn't even on the team. So the team asked me to, you know, to, to <laughs> sit out, you know, doing the All-Star break, which I should have been at the All-Star game. And to bring this guy back, it was just weird. It was just everything I did was kind of odd, right? It's like a book. And I ended up going <laughs> to um, – I, I got so pissed off, I went and played with uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma team instead of coming back there just to play the team, right? And I wanted to come back and kick San Jose in the ass for getting rid of me. So Henry <laughs> Bibby, you know, Henry Bibby, the dad, senior, uh -huh. asked me to come play in Oklahoma. So I went there for – I think for two weeks, and we were on the West Coast swing, so I just wanted to play all the Kings on the West Coast and never went back to Oklahoma, then went back to San Jose. <laughs> really? well, how's that? I mean, how were your contracts during that time in the CBA? Were they like a month long? Was it a season long? You left them in the middle. Can you do that? How did you do that? Well, I asked to be released. Okay. And I told Henry I didn't want to go to Oklahoma, and he was a really cool dude, and he said, man, we would love to have you here, you know, the first game I played with them was against San Jose, my old team, and in San Jose. And the fans were kind of like, what is going on? And I just absolutely just tried to kill the whole team and, and <laughs> you know, play phenomenal. And so Henry definitely wanted me to come back to, you know, Oklahoma. We had two games in San Jose and two in Santa Barbara. Um, but I just didn't want to go to Oklahoma. You know, it was winter, it was cold. I had no jacket, so I was like, I'm going to stay in California. 
you know, I, I was just checking it out. If you if you had been able to enter the NBA draft, it would have been 1989, right? So that's the yeah. uh, that's the yeah. that's the that's the Purvis Ellison uh, number one. Uh, yeah, you know, what's, what's funny? What's funny was like when I say everything happens and it's just like so weird and the timing is always off. Was the year I came out was the first year they started the two rounds. Uh huh. Mm. Yes. Yes. They were doing like freaking a hundred rounds re- the year before, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, if I I knew if I got drafted, I don't care if it was the sixth round, I most likely would have got drafted in the third, but we didn't even have the third anymore. And right. and I would uh you know, I knew I probably would have got drafted, you know, and, mm-hmm. and but you know, it, it just everything happens for a reason, man, and and I was just irritated because of that, irritated I didn't go to camp, I irritated so I went to San Jose, and that's where I really started uh, homing in on my game. Um, then after the season, we had a really good team with San Jose. Chip England, who's assistant coach, went to Duke. Uh, now yeah. He's assistant coach of San Antonio. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, played, he, played he played here. Um, he played here. Chip England yeah. played here for the national team. Yeah. Right. Then we have Richard yeah. Morton, um, uh, Mark Tillman, who played over there. Um God, we had tons of guys on this team. Leonard Taylor. And <clears throat> so when the season was over, I get a call from Chip to come play with them in in uh, Calgary. So I went up to Calgary, Canada, and played with the Calgary 88s with Chip and those guys. We won a championship up there. Um, so, you know, I just had tremendous opportunities San Jose, you know, we played. Uh, we were always one of the top teams in San Jose, and and <clears throat> we ended up. Um, I played against um, Vincent Askew, Mario Ellie, John Starks, Anthony Mason. All these guys uh-huh. in the CBA yeah. with. Me. That's right. Yeah, they're part of the CBA with me, and and so you know you had a chance to play against some of the top players, all stars, and. And guys that won NBA championships, you know, in Argentina, I played with Manu. I played with Fabricio Alberto, who was a second person, and played with Fabricio um, for three seasons and Manu for one. And, you know, so I knew all the Nocioni brothers. So, you know, I'm, I'm very fortunate, you know, honestly, to, to, to see the world. Um, when people ask me what's the best place, I always tell them Argentina and, 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 and the Philippines. You know, that's where I had my fun, man. And, and Philippines was really unexpected. Um, you know, I had no clue that the fans were fanatics, you know. Um, <laughs> no clue that, you know, there was that was the sport there. Um, and when I got there, it was just so crazy, you know, and, and – um, when I, uh, the agent that called me, I think he passed away now, Sam uh, Minera. Sam Minera, yeah. yeah. So Sam was the one who called me out of San Francisco and we were talking and he was telling me about, you know, Hanebra. Yeah. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm good. They called me for a couple of years and I just wouldn't go. But then finally I decided, yeah, you know, I need to stay in shape. It was during the summer period. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll go. And I think it was at the end, midway through the season, I think we had to win like three games or something to stay up in the top division. Uh-huh. Uh, I had to win three out of the last three. And they picked me up at the airport and they kept talking about Bobby Parks. And they said, you know Bobby? No, I don't know Bobby. They said, well, you know, he's really good. I'm like, okay. 
They said, well, you know, he's this, he's that. And I'm just like, okay. And, <laughs> and that's all I heard the whole time was Shell and Bobby Parks. And we need to win these three games. I think it was Pepsi with Richard Hollis and those guys. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. Already. And, and um, I'm trying to remember was Rick Wilson on one of those teams, but I can't remember. So we mm-hmm. ended up. Um, and Miguel, I think it was with San Miguel. Yeah, and they kept asking me these questions. Rick Wilson is doing amazing right now, if you guys don't know. Um, yeah, he's the head of NBA uh, Nike. He runs. He's with Nike, so he head of player uh, relations with Nike. So he oversees the Kobe's, mm-hmm. the big brands. That's what oh, we wow. oversee. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, he's speaking doing. Speaking um, of Nike, you, you mentioned yeah. Nike, and, and you have Nike. <laughs> this is yeah, a, this is the air. The jump, the jump man brand. Yeah, uh, to, uh, how how do you end up? How do you end up hanging out with Michael? Well, they in Fresno they always do a game. They used to do a game with Rod Higgins, who went to Fresno State, and him and Mike became really good friends. So, uh-huh. yeah. two other Fresno State guys, Tyrone Bradley, Bobby Anderson, they all decided let's do a game. And so they started doing a summer camp in a game with Michael and Michael came for like seven, eight years and I couldn't play the first couple, first two or three, because I was still in college. And then um, I started playing and I think I played in three or four of them. Uh, became friends with a lot of the guys and, you know, uh, familiar with Mike. And uh, so we ended up all hang out sometime and go out and, you know, just have fun. So, you know, it, it was a good experience for a young guy. Uh, but Michael is unbelievable at a different level, man. It, it was uh-huh. just unbelievable. Hands down, the best I've ever seen play. Uh-huh. And at least you know you got this photo, you know, with him, got the yeah. hand with the man himself. Yeah, yeah I, have photos, I have most photos with Mike, and uh-huh. um, I'm friends with a guy that just was in Philippines with Jalen um, Green, and and yeah. um, uh, know his family, and he's from Fresno also, yeah. and. So, you know, it's, it's, my life is crazy, man. And, and <laughs> this stuff that I do and the community and, and working with kids and, you know, playing in the Philippines and those questions about Bobby just was so crazy to me because, you know, he was like God, right? Uh huh. He was, he was. Uh huh. And the one thing I said was, they said, and I'm like, man, Bobby got to guard me too, whoever he is. And they were like, well, you know, he's pretty good. I'm like, well, I'm pretty good. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. And, and we ended up uh, playing for the championship, and that was That's so right. ironic. You know, he was a good player, man. Oh, my God. You know, Jeremy, I'll, I'll cut you right there because we have some, some Hinebra photos, but let's finish this set first. So let's, that's, that's, that's Jervis with Michael Jordan. So that, that's the first half of our time capsule brought, that was brought to us by Champs House of Chicken. Now, uh, before we go on to the second half of the photos, which are the Hinebra stuff, we're going to remind everyone we're part of the Globally Balling Network, and uh, there are other shows on the network as well. Please check them out. One of the shows is Next Man Up with Diego Dario and Jello Vito. That's the old episode. Alan Durham, I think they've had, they've had a couple of episodes after that. Check that out. Okay, and then what's next? Uh, we're on Spotify. If you enjoy our show, send us some love. Rate us on Spotify. Just five-star ratings, please. Come on. And then become an AOB Podcast monthly supporter. You can uh, support us for four four ninety nine or two fifty pesos a month on Spotify, and of course we'll acknowledge you on the show. Go to, go to globally ball in Southeast Asia on Facebook and follow that as well for tidbits of all the different shows on the network. And that my two companions today, Noel and Sid, are in their rad chameleon apparel. So check out their shirts. 
Okay, thank you. Stand out, Brad Comedian Apparel. Okay, let's enter the second part of the time capsule. This is brought to us by Nihao Bread Bakery Tagaytay. Check out their products. And uh, they're on IG, they're on Facebook as well. Delivery by Lala Move and Tok Tok in Metro Manila, Cavite, and Laguna. Nihao Bread Bakery Tagaytay. All right, so let's let's enter the Hinebra stage of your life, uh, Mr. Cole. You know, you, you, you were not the first choice of Hinebra. There were two... Guys who came in before you, and it didn't work out. One guy played one game. That's William Alexander. Before him, Ron Davis played three games. So you came in on the fifth game of the conference. You guys had some catching up to do, and then you did it, you know, with, with you in, 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 in town. Well, yeah, it was like I didn't even know the team situation. I just yeah. told them all come over, and they were asking me. You know, I was kind of cocky and arrogant back then. And they were asking me all these questions on the phone. And and they said, you know, we need to, you know, win a few games to stay up. I'm like, okay. They said, what do you want? I told them what I wanted. They said, what if we win the championship? I'm like, that's all I want. Just give me that and I'm fine. Pay me at the end of the year. And they said, you don't want to get paid monthly or weekly? I'm like, no, pay me at the end of the year. And they said, what do you think we're going to do? I'm like, we're going to win the championship. <laughs> that was before I even got off the plane. And... <laughs> And they kept asking, because, you know, I was playing basketball really good at the time, and and I knew my abilities. And and if you had players on the team like they did, like Rudy and Don Don and Chito and all of those guys that was playing with us, you know, you had a good team. And, and I just think every team is, is misses a part. And, and teams that I was on that wasn't playing well, we had one more part, I thought, that would play well. So they told me they had good players. I'm like, okay, let's go, let's go win this championship. And – that was my t mentality. I had no clue he was going to win. That's just me talking <laughs> shit. And, yeah, and what ended up happening was we ended up winning. And, and But, you know, winning those first three games, I think, gave our players, the fans, and, and ourselves, um, definitely me, uh, the chance to think that we could probably, you know, uh, at least play really well for the playoffs, you know. Mm -hmm. and, and I just think those first three games really gave us – uh, a sense of belief, and then we started winning all the way up to second place, right? And the rest is history. Mm -hmm. yeah. what, what was, was your, your first impression of, when you uh, when funny. you uh, <laughs> landed in the Philippines? Yeah, sorry, yeah. it's the same question. Sorry, uh, what no, was no, your first impression when you about, got to the Philippines? Yeah. Your first land in the Philippines, it was hot. Yeah. <laughs> you came during summer. Like, yeah, you yeah, came no, during no. our our summer years, uh, summer months. <laughs> wow. Right, and it was it was hot, and and it was so big, and so many people, and 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 I was just like, wow, this is crazy. And that night, I went to the first practice, and the you know the the, the practice facility was full, and I was like, what? And and somebody was telling saying something. I just never forget. Someone said, "Don't be an export," and I had no clue what that meant. And didn't know if I was good or bad or anything. So, you know, I just went in and did my thing, man. And 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 my first impression was I was starving. That was my first thing. And <laughs> we really got food. And and once I started getting really accustomed to my surroundings, I was leave, I was living in Green Hills. Um and and once I started um seeing the country more, hanging out more, um I had a really good – Sean Chambers and I were teammates uh, in, in Canada. So I knew Sean before I got there. 
So, you know, that made it a little bit easier because uh, I really didn't know anyone um, besides Sean. I actually posted playing with Alaska. <laughs> Sean wanted me to come play with Alaska, and then he ended up bringing someone else. But, you know, my, my experiences in the Philippines, I wouldn't change forever. And it's, it was great, you know. I still miss seafood market, you know, over at Green Hill. I don't know uh, if that's still there, but yeah. I ate lunch there every day. Yeah, yeah. yeah but that, that's gone. That's yeah, gone. But yeah, there, but there are other yeah. places that are that are yeah. like seafood market. But, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. but Sid, I think you're going to ask, what, yeah, no, what's no, your, what was your impression of this guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, my, yeah, that was my question. When you first met Sonny Jaworski as a player. Sonny coach. Bobby Jaworski, um, when I got to practice and I met him, and I didn't know he was a player. Uh -huh. Then he started getting into plays and stuff, so I just thought he was running through plays, and then I started realizing, damn, is he a player coach? And and he <laughs> was, and but he was good, you know. What I mean, it wasn't like you know he couldn't, he didn't know his stuff, and he was very knowledgeable. He was a good player, um, especially the championship game. He had some big, big shots, you know, and and I was amazed he was playing. I think he was forty something playing with us, and. And I, I was just amazed the guy was playing and playing at a high level. Yeah, he was a legend already yeah. here by that time. Yeah. So, so they didn't they didn't tell you that beforehand what kind of a coach you were gonna have and, and nah. how much of a legend he was. And okay, everything, everything yeah. besides we need to win some games to stay up. That was the only thing <laughs> I got, you know. And when I got there, I think every day everything I did was a, a learning experience. Um, but because I'm so open to learning new things and I, I embrace learning stuff that it wasn't a big issue. Um, and I love basketball so much. It wasn't about, you know, what I was, where I was at. It was, am I going to be playing? And just to be fortunate to be playing, um, I was happy with that. And, 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 you know, the first game we had was so amazing, right? With so many fans, that was Hanebra fans. It was like, wow, I can play here. You know what I mean? That was my mentality. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to put on the show like this, okay? Because when I went in, I had no clue how big the arena would be. I had no clue about anything. <laughs> yeah, if there's the, one uh, thing that, that you take, if there's one thing that you take with you uh, that you learned from Sonny Jaworski, what is it? Hmm. The one thing I learned from him is like, you know, he's always say never die, right? Never, never say die. You know, that slogan <laughs> with the team, and 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 I never had a coach that told me because I was always a team player, right? So I was always pass the ball, if you you know, um, move the ball, get the ball back. You know, don't force anything. And he's, you know, it was a timeout. I think it was the first game. He said, "No, man, I need you scoring." I'm like, "What?" He said. If you get double, pass the ball, but, yeah, go score. So I said, all right, you got to tell me that twice. And I just <laughs> – <laughs> Why not? <laughs> yeah. After that, I just, you know, just did, did what I do. And, and I didn't know I would average 40-something points a game. Yeah. Um, I don't even know – remember what it was. What was it? Yeah, 45.7, your first your first uh, conference. Yeah, it was, it was insane. You know, that's, that's an insane average to do every game, right? <laughs> yep. And, um, and, and it was funny just because they wanted you to score. They wanted you to do your thing. You know what I mean? And 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 
once it got going, it was like no way you can, you know, nobody was going to stop it. And, and and I had teammates that that was also able to hit big shots, you know, and and we never had any problems on the team. You know, I didn't care who shot the ball. I didn't care unless you wasn't forcing it. And so it was always good. And, you know, and at, at the game seven was, you know, I'm getting doubled and tripled like every possession because I think I had, I don't know, 40, 50 points a game before. And so I'm getting doubled and tripled every time I touch the ball. And so, you know, our other guys stepped up big, man. And, and it's, 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 you know, that just, uh, it comes from coaching, you know, and coaching giving guys the, the opportunity and the confidence to to play well. And I just think it was a tremendous team at that time to where, you know, if it was someone was going to do it, that was the team to do it if you're going to come back down from uh, 1-3. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. never say that. And then you got a cover on Sports Weekly. Yeah. So. Yeah, I like that. What the <laughs> fans? I, can, I know I still have it upstairs, but one of the fans made me a, a – well, a couple did, a couple of uh, binders, uh, photo books, and – and I still have them. Um, I was actually in my attic before the show and looking for my jersey because I still have the jersey. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> wow. A couple wow. people asked me about them. A couple people asked me about it. That, do that's going to be worth something. <laughs> I'll probably sell it if somebody gave me some good money, right? <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Why not? But this is, this is, what, this is the image that people remember. This is the, the image of Jervis Seven, I have, man. Yeah, you you dunking that yeah. way. That's that's the mm-hmm. image because you would dunk often yeah. during the games. Uh, the number thirty-two. Uh, why why choose thirty-two? Is that a Magic Johnson thing? Uh, yeah. Um, they asked me what number I wanted. I told them I didn't care. <laughs> so okay. I, so I, I signed that. Like I would never ever superstitious with numbers. You know, it was just like just give me a jersey and I'm gonna go play. Like. I think at Fresno State, I had 24. Washington Union, I had a different number. Uh, I had one number in Orlando. I came back, and they were saying someone else wanted that number. I'm like, yeah, let them have it. You know, it was never about a number to me. It was always – I just was always blessed to be where I was from where I came from, you know. And Mm -hmm. we grew up poor, man, and we didn't have anything. And playing basketball around the world is a blessing Mm -hmm. if you don't have anything. And Mm -hmm. and so numbers and that stuff that people find um, important to me was nothing. But you know, thirty-two was available. Yeah, give me thirty-two. Okay. Yeah. My I guess son, the, more, the more the more important the numbers are the numbers you put on the board, right? Yeah, it was just you know, let's just go play and 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 just some of the games that we had. I wish I had more old videos because I would love to show people and my son and and. Just some of the stuff I think we were able to accomplish there was big. You know, unfortunately, the second year, you know, nobody knew. I got hurt the first day of practice when I got there. Really bad hamstring pull. Um, I sat out a few days, went to therapy literally once, twice a day. Uh, I played most of the first half with uh, a sleeve on my, my around my waist and on my hamstring. And it really hampered me. And but I never, I never ever told anyone. I never wanted anyone to know I was even hurt. But I was a shell of what I was, you know, a few months earlier. And and yeah, it was right, right. I could have had a chance to come back, but we were doing so well. I was doing well in other places, you know, and and uh, I was getting paid a lot. 
you know, and and, yeah, and yeah. Argentina basketball was so big also, you know, it was the second sport behind soccer. And, you know, I was on a great team. You know, I was on a really, really good team and, and a tennis. And, and our league was long, eight, nine, eight, nine months, man. It was long leagues. And, and so, you know, we just got to a point when season was over, I was just like, don't want to do anything but, you know, recoup. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Jervis, yeah, can we go back to your first stint here? Uh, what was your first impression on the style of play? And uh, was there any player from an opposing team who kind of welcomed you to the league with a, <laughs> you know, with a hit or something? Because Filipino players are known for that. Well, the funny thing was, um, God, what's the kid from Shell? The, 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 the guard. Uh, it was a couple of players on Shell that was, you know, we went at it, you know, pretty tough for a few times. And, and yeah, one of them guys, and, man, those guys is always getting on my freaking nerves. And, you know, they, <laughs> they do dirty stuff during the game. They, you know, pinch you, grab you, elbow you. But, you know, I, I, I took as well as I gave. You know, I gave a lot of, like, you know, pretty tough hits. And, and you know, because I'm a – Dude, honestly, I grew up fighting, so playing physical was was not a surprise. And uh -huh. and and so when I played, sometimes you can tell when I played and I was going to the hole. I went like you know like a bat out of hell just because I knew if I got hit, they wouldn't be able to stop me. I still would be able to finish the play. And that was some of the stuff I you know I, I just I just got to turn it up and not worry about getting hit and and not getting a call. Just go play. Yeah, well, back, to your, back to your team okay, in Ginebra. Sorry, sorry, uh, Charlie. Back to your team in Ginebra. Uh, who did you gravitate to? Who was your closest friend in the Ginebra team? Well, uh, God, I went out a few times with JB. Gayoso. Gayoso. Okay. Um, yeah. um, I think I know Don where you Don went, too. Yeah, Don Don, Rudy, and I became pretty tight. So I became Cheeto. So we became tight as a unit. Um, and then also, uh, the guy that hung out probably the most, he was a guy that didn't play much at all. Uh, uh, Toby, uh, Obrador. Obrador. Yeah, and so yeah. Toby and I started hanging out a lot and, 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 you know, he, he, his wife was cute and, and she had a lot of good models and stuff. Right. So I know, <laughs> yeah, I started hanging out with him a lot with all of the models and, and so, you know, it became really cool. And I, you know, you know I, how to choose your friends, huh? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, God, what was her uh, Marina? Remember the girl Marina? I think she had became an actress of TV show or something. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, I started hanging out with her and some of her friends, and it was just you know, I ended up being, I think the two and a half months or something I was there because it was short, you know, and uh, it was crazy, man. It was just like this whirlwind that I I, I just walked into and. And I became so famous so fast that I couldn't even leave my apartment, you know, in my condo. Right. And I couldn't go places. And I just remember when Mark Tillman came in, because we were teammates. Um, and we saw each other literally a few months before I left. And and he called me and like, yo, I want to go out. Let's go to shopping or something. Let's go out. I said, I can't go anywhere. And it was going into game seven. And it was like pandemonium everywhere. So people was already going crazy. And I'm telling, I'm telling Mark I can't go anywhere. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I can't go anywhere. If I go into a store, I'm going to get mobbed. He thought I was joking. So I said, all right, let's go somewhere. So I called my driver. And my driver's like, what are we doing? I'm like, we're going to Schumacher, <laughs> right? 
<laughs> you can't go to shoot mark. I'm like, yeah, let's go to shoot mark. So my driver was like calling the, the team, like, Jerry's want to go somewhere. There's no way. We don't have enough security. And so we get in the car, and I told the driver, do not leave when we get out, right? So we literally got out the car. We go up the stairs. We go into the shopping center. I got mobbed at the first door, so they had to rush us through the back and back, right back into the car. Probably was in the mall five minutes. And Mark was like, "What is going on?" I'm like, "I have nothing. really famous." <laughs> you're a bit thing over here. Yeah, that, he, that happened, especially because you're playing for Enembra. Yeah, he came to the game with me, and and you know, and we won the championship, and uh, it was it was just insane that night, and I didn't feel secure enough to even go to our parade. You know, that's why I didn't go to the parade and, and all that stuff because I just didn't feel I was secure. Because leaving the arena, there were so many people and people jumping on our car, you know, banging on the car. I was freaking out, man. I was just like, oh my god, I don't know if these are fans of Shell. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you yeah, know, let, let's yeah. Let's talk about that series, though. Down one three, and and winning it all. What what was what was the mentality heading into the finals? And then when you finally got down one three, what changed? How did you win the championship? God, when we went down, man, and I was pissed off too. I was irritated, and this I think it was the start of game five, and they started handing out prematurely the trophies like Player of the Year and championship trophies like before the game and i'm sitting there and i've never experienced that where and then they gave bobby you know bobby deserved it because i missed what five games but they gave bobby like the the, the top american award or something yeah, right like why i killed that guy and and <laughs> so i told the team pass me the ball and if i get double and i pass you the ball don't give it back you know what I mean? And and just we're, we're not losing this series. And and Coach Jaworski, you know, was in the same frame of mind. Let's this, this go. We got nothing to lose. And we won the game five, which I was happy. And then we won game six. We tied up the series. And it was all about game seven. And, and, and you know, I don't think I've ever seen a fan base that was so behind their team no matter what. And and that never say die attitude, you know, for it's it's for real. You know, it's these fans never gave up. No matter where you go, they're there. Um, you lose like I, I, I just remember one time I was in a training room at a, a therapy place that second season and we had lost. And I walk in and all I hear is this somebody's crying, screaming, crying. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on? And the guy, my therapist is like, they're going to do a massage and like, I think uh, ultrasound and stuff on my hamstring. And he's like, oh, you guys lost last night. So this kid that, you know, we do therapy is crushed. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and, and the fans are like, you wish you had fans like that in every arena you walk in, you know, and, and, and that's, that's for you or against you. It doesn't matter. Just as long as they have that true sense of, of worth with their team. Like this is their team. And it reminds me of a lot of the Argentinian soccer teams, mm -hmm. you know, fans, uh, the European soccer fans, they're, 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 they're insane for their teams. And, and that's what it never has. And, and, I, you know, when we were down in game seven, I remember that. And I was just like, you know, cursing in my head and, 
I'm like, we're not losing this game. There's no way we're losing this game. And, you know, when we got back into the game uh, in the second half and took the lead and they took it back and then we took it back again. And I knew we weren't going to lose the game. You know, I knew that we was going to win the game, you know, but I knew, you know, I was nervous. I knew the teammates was nervous. Uh, it takes a lot to get me nervous, but that situation was so intense and so electric in that building that, um, you just didn't want to lose, and you don't want to lose for your teammates. You don't want to lose for the fans. And I really wanted our team to, ex- you know, experience with me what I was going through. And I was happy as hell when I blocked a shot. I was running across the court, hands up, yeah. like I was so happy. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, well, speaking of that, speaking of yeah. that shot, what what made you what made you help on 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 Magsano? Why did you leave Bobby Park? What well, was it just instinctual? Game to them on that freaking play. Uh-huh. Early in the, in the season, we lost a play, a game with him hitting that freaking shot, and and for <laughs> some reason, the player that was guarding him like left him for some reason, and I was looking, and you know, I had my guy in the post, and I saw him in the corner, but I didn't want to give it up too soon that I was going to sprint out there, and 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 when that guy skipped the ball to him, you know, I just took off as soon as the ball was in the air, and. As soon as he caught it, I knew it wasn't enough time to put it on the ground. I just jumped. And, you know, one of the most difficult shots to block is a three-point shot. You know, but if mm-hmm. you can get up fast enough, you can get it uh, uh-huh. before it really leaves his hand too far. And that's, you know, kind of what happened. And that's the funny thing is the stuff that I was taught through Pestridge and, and Ron Adams, of course, is, you know, you leave when the ball's in the air and you run like a bat out of hell. And that's and it all just accumulated <laughs> to that one play, man. And I remember them beating us, and I was so pissed mm-hmm. that that guy hit a, a shot and win the game. And I'm like, that's not happening. And they ran the same yeah. play, and I knew the play already. When it went I'm like, there's no way he's getting this. If he make it, he's going to have to shoot it over yeah. my 12 feet hand because I was up about 12 feet. <laughs> yeah, like, and, and you and you know you know how good Ronnie yeah. Maksanov was, and he would he would have probably made that shot if you didn't run out to get it. Yeah, because he you know he's a very confident player, man, and mm-hmm. and. If you beat a team on that kind of shot, you got a you know more than fifty percent chance of winning again because you're already confident. You already did it. It's not you know, and I knew they they drew up the same place, and I was just like, oh yeah, I already knew the set. And soon they were, but I didn't understand why our guy left him. And soon they dribbled a little away from him. Our guy just went up and left him wide open. So I just went up and jumped and blocked the shot and. You know, uh, made sure I was jumping to the side of him and I wasn't going to jump. He fell down for some reason trying to get a foul. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. but, yeah, you yeah. Know, wasn't even close to touching him. And and it was just crazy, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> that was a that was a clean that was a that was a clean block. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah nobody but, more yeah. on them. Yeah. But no, did no you rem- do you remember the uh, the reaction of the crowd when Rudy's shot went in? I remember my reaction because when he took off, like the play, it, it was it wasn't a broken play. He just went to the hole, and I was just like, uh-huh. like, <laughs> like <laughs> I thought he was going to go because we wanted to run some more time off the clock. But <laughs> that was Rudy, you know. He was he was a hard nosed man, and 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 Rudy didn't, you know, if he saw something and he was going to take it, he, he took it, and and um, when he made it. I was more nervous. I heard the fans. I knew how much time was on the clock. And, but we were acting like the game was over. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. 
guys are hugging each other. And, and I'm just like, oh, no, man, this thing is not over. And sure enough, they had a, a wide-open shot. And, yeah, yeah. and you know, the, the premature celebration was the only thing that had me nervous because I've been experiencing – I experienced that a couple times in my career where we cheer and, and get too focused before we really win the game. But, you know, it was a great shot. Um, it's a ballsy shot, you know, to try to uh -huh. win a game, especially a game of that magnitude. You got to have, some, you know, some balls. And and, and he had it, man. And, and and hat off to him. It was a tremendous shot, tremendous make. And then, and then he shot it, if I remember right, it bounced a couple of times before it went in, right? Uh, no, when it, he went the hole, I was like, holy oh, shit. Oh, 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 so I just, I just ran, you know, ran behind him. <laughs> And you know, he met us up against his rebound and 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 that was just you know, I was rooting, you know what I mean? It was just he, he yeah, always yeah, takes yeah. tough shots and and he was never scared, man, and, and then he'll whoop your ass after he got on his nerves and and he was <laughs> yeah. he was just that guy, man, and, and he deserved it, man. He deserved to hit the game winner and, and it, it 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 all came together when it's supposed to, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think it's important, though, that we, we you have to discuss the matchup with Bobby Parks. I mean, because even when you were flying in, they were already hyping this guy up as the best, like a god you said earlier. But then you matched up with him very well and, and, and you know, uh, eventually won the championship. Even if they were up 3-1, he wasn't able to bring them to the promised land. So how was that matchup with him? Were you guys trash-talking? Because I, I know Bobby doesn't talk much during the games. You know, we didn't, but it was so respectful in terms of, like, he had a really good basketball game, right, ability. And 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 we both recognized that we both can play. And we both knew in order for our team to be successful that ultimately we have to be the guys, right? And and there was, a you know, some plays. He made some tremendous plays. And I always said he had sneaky hops, right? That he's mm -hmm. he, he's a sneaky jumper, right? When you don't think he's gonna explode and dunk, he's doing it. And you know, he had a really good pull up mid range, and and he's just a good, solid basketball player, man. And you gotta respect that. And and he never like went out on the court and talked trash and try to get in your head. It was just like I'm just gonna beat your butt face to face and let my game do all the talking. And and, and I, I respected that. And you know, they had some good players, man. That guard. Um, uh, um, oh god, what was his name? Benji is it Benji, right? Benji, yeah, the, Benji the, guard. No, the center. Benji was the center, Ronnie was the guard. Play, man. Um, there's Benji, yeah, he's Benji on, on the right. right there, is that Benji? Yeah, yeah on the right, number 14. Yeah. And, and, and the guy can jump, right? Strong and jump. Uh -huh. Um, uh -huh. I just think last game, um. He didn't play as hard as he could have, uh, but overall, man, he was a good player, you know. I think he was hesitant a couple times, uh, but besides that, man, that guy can play, he can jump. Uh, he would dunk on you in a minute, you know what I mean? And and right, right. so you always have to be on your P's and Q's. I really liked him, man. And, and so they had a good, solid team, man. You know, it was just two good teams. Um, one made history, you know, like coming back from where we were, not even in the playoffs, but just to make it up to that. Um, you know, we did some good stuff, man. And, and I was I, I was probably more happy to kind of beat my boy Sean. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He didn't bring me to the Philippines, you know what I mean? He, he took another guy. So I was like, okay, I'm about to 
and they didn't have an American, so Sean had to play, and so so you know our side. So it was it was everything there, man. Was just always great experiences and and the opportunities. You know, I, I would never change anything about playing there, and and you know we're on a on a call right now, an interview right now for something we did in 1991. You know, yeah. I, <laughs> you, can only, you can only be, you know, be blessed and thankful that you had an opportunity to, to, to make the impact. And the crazy thing is, I don't know how many people is named Jervis in the Philippines, but it's the craziest thing I've ever experienced, man. <laughs> yeah, because it, when they idolize you here, it, it, it's, it's, it goes to crazy proportions, man. They name no. kids after you. <laughs> oh, I have not met a Jervis. In the United States, ever, ever, <laughs> like, hey, you see Jarvis, you meet Jarvis, you hear the Jarvis name, but there's not a Jarvis, and I've never met one, I've never heard of one, and I get a call from a kid years ago, somebody's going to school in New York, and I'm like, damn, is this my kid? Like, thought it. <laughs> I, I was I was gonna ask that because you talked about the two and a half months you were here and all yeah, the models and things like that. There might be some Germans around here. <laughs> my dad and my mom. He says a lot of people named after you. Then I started researching it and going to Facebook and stuff, and there's like thousands of people named Germans on Facebook. And they got my name, they got my last name, or they got Cole first and then Germans middle name and their family last. And I'm like, what the hell? So it made me not name my son Jervis. <laughs> it's like, it's a good So I named him Justice. So, yeah, the rest is history. But, you know, you the ball, so ball too, people, right? to touch so many people, you know, honestly, and they call their kids, you know, name their kids after you is, is it's it's so amazing, man. It's just, just so amazing just to, to, to experience this and, and see it and I tell people all the time, yeah, I look on Facebook, how many people name the kids Jervis? And people are like, what the hell? Yeah, so it's it's good, man. I'm I'm happy. Yeah, but you got a lot of three something year old Filipinos named Jervis right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jervis Jr. So but but you know, yeah. after after playing the the PBA, uh, you, you you did mention one of your favorite places to play was in Argentina. You have uh, Fabricio Alberto and you said Manu. So this is this is that team, right? Uh, one of those team, this team was uh, the leader was uh, Marcelo um, Milanagio. He was a guy that uh, one of the top point guards for me was one of the top in the world. Uh, Magic Johnson, as you talked about him in his book, when he talked about the world of basketball, is catching up with the U.S. He was talking mm -hmm. about guys like Marcelo uh, from the Toronto games. Uh, I think it was in '88 or something. Uh, or two. Uh, I forgot what year it was. I think it was in 88, like the, the tryouts for the Olympics or something, the World Games. No, it was the World right. Game. And uh, his brother was on that team. You know, we had Diego Sella. We had some studs on this squad, man. And, uh -huh. and look, look, how, look how young Fabrizio Alberto is there. He's a second yeah, guy. Uh, like 20 or 21 or something. When I first played with Manu, we were the number one, number two scorers in, the, in Argentina. And he was... 19 or 20 when I played with Manu. And he was up in the top division with us. And, and you know, it was some good basketball, man. It was some tremendous players. The Nocioni's uh, brothers, was, you know, they were younger. Um, 
the kid that's the point guard in Denver um, from Argentina. Oh, my God. Which one? The one now? The guy now? Yeah, he's there now. Papato? Yeah. He's uh, yeah. And I used to watch him on the beat, you know, in the little leagues and stuff. You know, we used to go watch the little small kids and stuff. So I used to watch him. He was good back then. And it's just so many guys, man, that that were good there. And, and I think that was the biggest shock for me in Argentina was it's not the traditional South American type country, you know, a, a more European looking. Um, they're tall, you know, they got a lot of tall guys. Uh, um, uh, so when I got off the plane in Argentina, Buenos Aires, I was like, where am I? I had to go back to the American airline desk and ask them, where am I? They say you're in Argentina because I didn't know that um, it's kind of like Philippines, right? You have a lot of Spanish descent, right? Was mm-hmm. was there? They have Spanish, German, and Italian as to uh, a lot of their people, and right. and it was just amazing to be in that country. And they they are absolutely wild about basketball. You know, soccer is their first sport, but basketball is a close second. Yeah, mm-hmm. all of the club teams, soccer club teams. Um, had uh, basketball clubs. So for Boca Juniors and all these teams, they had, you know, basketball programs. So, you know, the same fans just translated over to basketball at the soccer. When did yeah. you when did you end your basketball career, Jervis? Was it after playing in Argentina? Um, yeah, I ended up getting hurt um, um, and had surgery. I had two back-to-back surgeries. And one was on my Achilles, and one was on my. I was playing with Mondo when I blew my Achilles out in in Buenos Aires, wow. and he went on to play in Europe, and then of course the NBA. We were both getting recruited by the same team uh, because he had an Italian passport. Um, so I was going. He was going to be a national, and I was going to be the American, and we ended up. Um, Getting when I came back to Argentina, um, then it really started having some knee issues, and I didn't blow anything out. Turned out I had one inch bone spurs on both patella tendons. Ouch. But, yeah, so the whole time people tell me I had tendonitis, I actually had bone spurs growing for a freaking decade, and <laughs> so that's oh, a major surgery to remove those. I come back from that, and I went to France for a, a half a season and they started playing my money. I think that was in 2000, 2001, something like that. And so did they started saying they're going to pay me less or something, even though I was playing better than my contract. Um, I called my agent and told me, get me out of here. I'm, I'm going home. And I never went back and play basketball. Wow. Okay. Wow. Uh, and then what, just I curious, I, I, didn't, I didn't get to ask earlier, what, what did you, what degree did you earn at that Fresno State? Um, study business. Okay. And you got into business after basketball, right? Yeah. I never got the degree. Um, I left and I had a semester. I never went back. I started playing pro. Um, then after I got back, I ended up doing a lot with, um, trying to figure out what the hell I want to do with the rest of my life. Right. I'm 31. I have no clue what I'm going to do. And, um, but I've never been afraid of work. So I ended up going into, uh, radio sales with a really good friend of mine who was a general manager 
I did that for three years. Then while I was doing that, I um, started working at Fresno State with Tarkanian as assistant, a grad assistant. Um, his last year at Fresno State with Jerry Tarkanian. And then I ended up working and becoming a district manager in this company that was uh, number one company for Walmart. And then um, while I was doing that, I was called by a really good friend. It was like, look, I want you to um, help me with this fighter that I have. And I'm like, what mm -hmm. fighter? You tell me this guy named Chuck Liddell, you know, UFC mm -hmm. Chuck Liddell. Right. And yeah, and I was just like, I have no clue who the hell that is. And, and, but I went and helped him and he liked the way that I worked. And he was like, man, you want to work with the company? And, you know, I decided I'll work with him and became the vice president of a company called Zinkin Entertainment. And at mm -hmm. the time, we were Chuck Liddell. And then the next year, we signed Forrest Griffin, all mm -hmm. UFC fighters. And then we got Josh Koscheck, Mike Swig, John Fitch, on and on and on. But mm -hmm. the guys I worked with constantly at that time was Chuck uh, Liddell and Forrest Griffin. Uh, then after about five years, I started my own company, um, consulting and, and, and management on my own. So I ended up signing Rashad Evans, John Jones, Nate Marcourt, all these UFC guys. Then from there, I just started working with almost anybody that needed management or consulting. And, you know, now I own my own gym. I have my own TV show that's about to come out with a TV network here. Wow. Um, yeah, we're doing a street ball show and... You know, we're very excited about it. We signed a deal um, here in the U.S. Uh, with uh, Bespoke TV, which is on Viacom. And then we signed a deal with a company in, uh, in the U.K. Uh, called Insight, a TV company. Uh, mm -hmm. Insight is in 40 different countries. So now we're an uh, international show. Still haven't filmed one episode yet. We ended up doing a two-year deal with them. Uh, we did a deal with Vizio TV and TV Network. So... We're gonna be hit the ground and millions of home worldwide. Uh, so we're we're very excited. Um, guys that you see like on Ball is Life and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, Kenny Dobbs, White Iverson, all these guys are part of our cast. So right. um, so what it is is basically a street show, street ball show. We start out in New York, Rutgers Park, and work our way all the way here to the U.S. I mean to uh, California. Uh, Ten episodes. Um, and we just gonna play against the best three ballers on the planet, tell these guys individual stories, talk about the stories of the parks that we're in, Rutgers and everywhere else, and the communities we're in. Um, and Insight in the UK loves it. So we're gonna be all over the world, man. Um, we start shooting episodes in the next 30, 40 days. And um, I'm just super stoked on that. And, you know, when I say stuff happened in my life that just, unexpected all of this stuff is unexpected that i'll you know i'll be working with these type of people and um producing a tv show and we're already mm -hmm. talking to spin off with you know uh ray for austin are you familiar with rafer yeah, yeah. Yes, yes they call him Skip Malou. Uh -huh. yeah. he's, he's a fresno state guy too right yeah, yeah. The fresno him and i spoke this morning we want to have him on the show a couple of episodes talking about the New York and, and when we go to Houston and uh, we may work with him on some stuff. So him and I are going to, you know, I'm going to bring his AU program to California. Uh, I want to open my own prep school to get kids from around the world and kids here. So, you know, my, my, my mind never stops. And, 
And, you know, I just work with so many tremendous people that help in so many different arenas. And and any idea I have, I have people around that want to help me with it. And, you know, I'm fortunate to to be have the brain that I have to to never just <laughs> look at it. Always thinking grandiose, you know, just the biggest you can and, and making it happen, you know, to 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 be producing a TV show in 40 different countries is like to me is crazy. I would love for it to be in the Philippines, you know, at some point. And the second season is we will travel international. Um, and and so the second season will be all over the world. It's just, you know, going from multiple countries. When was the last time you were in the Philippines? Uh, when we won, uh, no, the second season when I lost, when I when we was out of the, the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, so you haven't come back since then? No, I've had um, a couple opportunities. One of my really good friends went out there uh, on a business trip. He wanted me to go. He worked with, you know, top business people there, and he wanted me to come, and I just couldn't make it. And um, we were going private, too. I couldn't make it. And, and um I wanted to go when Jalen was just there with uh, Mike Hill and Justin and those guys, mm -hmm. but you know, um, I found out late about the trip, so I just didn't, you know, I wasn't gonna rush it. And so, yeah, I'm gonna come out there. I just haven't decided when or, right, or right. I had the right opportunity. Then um, COVID just threw a monkey wrench and everything. So, so um, I still haven't got on the plane since it opened up everything, and. Still kind of nervous on that. I don't want to get, you know, I got COVID once. I didn't get very sick at all, but I lost friends. So, you know, I'm kind of Larry of yeah. COVID and other illnesses. Right. Understandably so. But, you know, well, you, all these you pictures had a that we see right here. Yeah. yeah sorry. All yeah, these pictures that. that we see right here, these are Manila visitors. Steven Seagal, of course, on the right side. Uh, and, uh, what's your relationship with these guys? I mean, coming in here to the Philippines and then they tell you the stories about. The Philippines. Mike Swick was actually also here once. I have a picture with him. Uh, what were the stories that they told you about their experiences in the Philippines? Um, which guys? The MMA guys? Yeah. Yeah, well, some of them, like Steven Seagal is a yeah. frequent visitor. Yeah, you, Steven I, Seagal, I saw, yeah, a, photo, a, I saw a photo. You were Brian McKnight. was always here. Steven, Steven came on. We were doing a... Um, he wanted to, to talk to the UFC fighter, Daniel Cormier, right? And mm -hmm. I'm with DC as an executive road manager. And we're uh, preparing, I think, for the first John Jones fight. And we were in the UFC training center in Vegas. And he came in. And that's when I met him. Um, and, you know, I didn't really talk to him much about anything. Um, mm -hmm. Just great to see him and, and get a photo. But he was really talking to Daniel a lot. And with George Foreman, that's when I was with Walmart. And he did a book signing. So I had a chance to sit down and talk to him. So... You know, I, I, I'm, and I, I got a crazy life. My life is insane. I'm uh, always in front of somebody famous and stuff like that. So I find myself in the right places a lot. That's right. That's, that's why I encourage everybody to, to check out uh, jerviscole.com. You're mm -hmm. going to see a lot of photos yeah. of Jervis with all these celebrities and everything. <laughs> and then it's just great. I'm sure there are stories behind each and every encounter you've had with them, but it's great to know Jervis. <laughs> That after basketball, you've been successful at what you're doing. Yeah. And you know, you mentioned about uh, so you want to do some basketball work here in the Philippines, and and maybe your show you want to bring it here, your 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 TV series. Um, well, Noel uh, is always a guy who can help you out with that. So 
you know, just just let us know how we can help you in both ways, the basketball side and then bringing the entertainment side here. If you need us, we're here to, to help yeah. you. Yo, the basketball can, can help you out, I guess. No, somebody want to buy the show? Come on as a partner in the Philippines. We don't have a Filipino network partner yet. Yeah, well, that that's can that's be arranged. arranged. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, just say, let us know. You just just shoot him a message. It's gonna be yeah. good. This show is gonna be good. You don't get picked up for two years on the number three network in the UK and you haven't shot an episode yet. People know this show is going to be good. Mm -hmm. That that can be arranged. Don't worry about it. We could, we'll talk about it after the show. Okay, then. Um, <laughs> so, and, and I was talking to Sean Chambers and Sean, I think, was interviewing for a job as a coach there. And I'm like, yeah, he was. Got yeah. Yeah. A couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Sean and I talk a lot. He's very successful here in girls basketball, and yeah, yeah. and and yeah. so you know, yeah, so all of of friends. yeah. But Sean's been on the show also. Yeah, you know, Sean's a friend of our show, and all of us yeah. uh, have have spoken to him. He's a legend here too. You know, he's 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 at the Bobby Parks level. You know, there. Yeah, because he was because he was here. You know, he won a bunch of championships. He played there for twenty five years. <laughs> Forever, yeah. till he was uh, till, till he was limping. He already said he could barely walk, and he was still playing. So he was yeah, still playing. But that, that's a great story from from Sean as well. But you know, Jervis, thanks for sharing all your stories. Before before we go into our regular segments, before we end the show, I want to ask you: Who are the five Filipino players that you remember the most? Like, who are the best the guys that stuck out in your two years that you played here? Well, for sure, um, um, Rudy was one. I love playing with Rudy. Um, and Benji, you know, I told you yeah. he was a tremendous player. The guard that was there, um, uh, what was his name? Magnano something? Maxano. Maxano, yeah. He was he was just a hard-nosed dude. Um, the one that, uh, my boy Chito, that was with us. Yeah. And, and God, he was, he didn't look like he can play, but the guy can freaking play his butt off, right? He was a couple pounds overweight, but he was always doing his thing. <laughs> Well, not, not anymore. Baseball. Not anymore. You won't recognize him when you see him. He's slimmed down a lot no, now. No, pictures online. I still follow a lot of people, man. And I, I see him and I see Rudy all over the place with his girl pouch on, uh, his little perks and and glasses. So I still watch guys. And then, of course, uh, Jaworski, you know, and those guys all just, you know, was impressive to me and and when people was like, man, there's no tall people or good people in the Philippines. I'm like, shit, there's a lot of people that's good and tall and, and really have to And, you know, you guys pushed us to the limit and pushed me to the limit every time I got on the court. So, yeah, you know, those are the five that I think really made impressions that my boy, you know, uh, Toby, we just hung out 24-7, man, and also JB. And those guys were younger, but we, you know, we hung out and, and just had fun. Well, JV's a TV commentator now, so uh, he gets yeah. to talk a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I've been talking to him too, so he's going to be on the show pretty soon. Uh, yeah. JV guy also will be. All right, man. Yeah. All right, Charlie. Well, yeah, let's let's enter the the last segment of our show. Just you know, just signify that we're about to end. This is the Twilight Zone, Mr. Jervis Cole. The first part of our Twilight Zone is called X's or O's. It's brought to us by Hinalaban Farms. Where you can get uh, Adlai and coffee and flour. Check out the hinalabanstore.com on Lazada and Shopee as well. Okay, XSROs. For this part, Jervis, I'm just going to give you some choices. Just tell me who your choice or who or what your choice is. You don't have to explain. It's a, it's a list. We'll go down a list, okay? So let's start. 
Number one, Jaworski as coach or Jaworski as player? Coach. Coach, okay. Pido Harencio or Rudy Distrito? Rudy. Rudy, okay. Pestorich or Ron Adams? Adams. Adams, okay. Chito Loisaga or Dante Gonzalgo? Don, Don. Huh? No, Dante Gonzalgo or Chito? Chito. Chito, okay. Don't touch your guy too. Bobby Parks or Sean Chambers? Gotta go with Bobby. Gotta go with Bobby, okay. How about these guys uh, played here too? Dwayne McLean or Lewis Lloyd? Wow. I'm going with Finally. Lloyd. Finally I'm got going. him there. Yeah, yeah I'm I going got, with Lloyd. I got, I got you to hesitate a little bit. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've just had one of those names in so long. Yeah. How about, uh, how about this? Larry Bird or Magic Johnson? Magic. Magic. Celtics or Lakers? Lakers. Lakers, yeah. California guy. Okay. LeBron James or Michael Jordan? Right now, Jordan. Right now, Jordan. Okay. LeBron won another championship, bro. Okay. Bill Russell, Wilt Chamberlain, or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? Kareem. Kareem, yes, sir. Okay. Winston Kreit or Derek Chivas? Winston. Winston, okay. How about... Uh, Ronnie Magsanok of Shell or Hector Calma of San Miguel Beer? You remember them? Yeah. You remember Magsanok? Magsanok. Magsanok, okay. You like playing defense or offense? Defense. Defense. Washington Union or Fresno State? Washington Union. Wow, Washington Union. All right. Okay. And then... This one. Uh, can you show the photos? Aaron, are you there? Let's show the photos just uh, to make him choose the two. At the end, did you add them? Okay, I want. There's no photos. Okay. Al Pacino or Robert De Niro? Al Pacino. Al Pacino, okay. Mm. Will Smith or Denzel Washington? Denzel. Denzel, okay, okay. Yeah, Those are the usual. Okay, that's X's or O's for episode 147 of AOB. I throw it over now to Noel Zarate. Go, Noel. Yep, and uh, this portion is, uh, I believe, uh, okay, this portion is brought to us by uh, Serioso uh, Chili Garlic. There you go. Serioso Tanong, brought to us by Serioso Chili Garlic, a delicious aromatic and crispy chili garlic in pure coconut oil made with uh, natural locally sourced ingredients, no preservatives, no artificial uh, flavorings, and no salt. At ito ang chili na seryosong maanghang at kaya kang ipaglaban di tulad ng Exmo. So basically, uh, Jervis, this, uh, this question is, I want to know who your five favorite teammates are of all time. It can be from Washington, it can be from Fresno, it can be from the PBA from Argentina, but you got to name only five of all time. Five players uh, from Washington Union, my twin brother, Jarvis. Um, in Argentina, I had one well, Fresno State, Mike Mitchell. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Then in Argentina, I had um, Marcelo Melanesio. Okay. Also, Fabrizio Alberto. Mm -hmm. Then I love playing with um, Rudy over Rudy. in the Philippines. Wow. Rudy, the destroyer. Rudy gets the nod. Rudy gets the nod from the PBA. Okay. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Well, that was my Serioso Talong brought to us by uh, Serioso Chili Garlic. So now to Sid Ventura. Okay, Jervis, uh, my turn. Now, this one, this, sec this segment is brought to you by Barrio Fiesta. I don't know if you ate here when, during your stay here, but they have really good crispy pata and kare-kare. Oh, uh, it's been man. around for a long time. Kainatayo, visit the Makati Avenue branch. Okay, my question for you also, and, sorry, singing yeah. cooks and waiters. There you go. And Rojas Boulevard. Okay, my question, Jervis, if you could have dinner with one basketball player, past or present, you know, hypothetical, who would it be? And why? Yeah, and why? Uh, probably uh, LeBron. Okay. Just because he's such a... Not only is he um, a good basketball player, but he's also, for whatever reason, people don't like him, but I think he's a tremendous uh, person, uh, been with the same girl since high school. Uh, and then when it comes to business, he's one of the top business guys in sports in the United States. Right. You know, it's, it's hard. You know, no basketball player has ever been a billion-dollar current playing athlete. You know what I mean? And and he's making all the right moves right now and definitely would love to sit down and pick his brain. I hope he makes the right. playoffs this coming season, though. <laughs> <laughs> huh? I'm a Laker yeah, fan, you, so... You Laker yeah. fans uh, unite. I'm just like, what is going on? Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I want some news on that, man, soon. Anyway, lots of news on the Celtics side, but not too much on the Lakers side. I don't know. Don't worry about the Celtics. We'll be fine. Nobody cares about the Celtics. <laughs> okay well so that's it for that that's that's uh that's the segment for that and the last this is it so the last segment is called hello porky it's the greeting portion uh jervis so this is the time you know in your long basketball career uh there i'm sure there are people you want to shout out to acknowledge thank maybe just say hi shout out to guys who asked you to shout out to them uh for this and now's the time well, for one, I want to just give a shout out to definitely the never former Yale fans. Um, there's so many guys and girls that has asked me to say happy birthday over the years. Uh, just so much, man. Just to just to having just to have people reach out to you from around the world and want you to talk to them and, and reply to them. And I try to as much as possible, uh, but definitely want to say hi to Jaworski, uh, all my old teammates. Um, the fans, uh, had a really good friend, William Uwe, businessman there. Um, so, you know, hopefully I get the opportunity to come there in the very near future and, and be able to have that celebration party. I never had one when I left. That's it. Yeah. Wow. Just, rather than name all of them, just this general shout out from Jervis <laughs> Cold. He never fans in particular, of course, but that, that's why you're known here. That's why you're Jervis Cole. Here in the Philippines is because of Inebra. Lots of shout-outs from the fans as well. They've been greeting you in the comment section. You can check them back <laughs> later on. I'm sure there are some familiar names that you're going to see, Jervis, once you watch back the episode. 
to see them at the bottom. So we thank everyone for watching episode 147. As usual, thanks for all the support. This show is brought to us by San Miguel. We're powered by San Miguel Corporation. And of course, we have all our sub-segment uh, sponsors. Thank you to Hinalaban, uh, Champs House of Chicken, Nihao, Sirioso, Barrio Fiesta, Singing Cooks and Waiters for uh, coming along with us on this journey on the eternity of basketball. We'd like to greet our birthday celebrants from the past week. Happy birthday to Harold Keeling, Dick mm-hmm. Ildefonso, Violet Desma. That's a referee. I think he called the technical on you. Willie Tanduyan, Steve <laughs> Watson, and Joey Loizaga. These are the birthday guys. That's the brother of Chito, uh, is Joey. So it's his birthday the, the yesterday and then the rest of the guys this past week. Happy birthday to all our AOB alumni. Uh, thanks to PH Sports Bureau and to uh, PBA Archive for all the help with photos and some information that we get. Uh, to Globally Balling Network, of course, thank you. And of course, many thanks, huge bunch of thanks to Mr. Jervis Cole for coming on and sharing your oh, stories yes. with us. Good luck in your endeavors. Yeah. I know you're busy, all the showbiz, on the showbiz side right now, but you know, you put on a show for us back in 91 and 92. We won't forget that. And uh, we thank you for coming on the show, Jervis. I appreciate it. Can I ask one question? Mm-hmm. Sure. Go ahead. Please give me some video from the PBA archives. That'd be amazing. Okay. We'll you know, see there, are a lot of, there are a lot of uh, clips on YouTube. We never game. Yeah. Yeah, all about game seven of 1991 championship. Yeah, we'll send you the link. We'll, we'll, look, we'll try to yes. dig up some links. And Definitely. Send you know, and everyone else who's watching, if you've got some Jervis Cole highlights uh, in your computers or whatever, send them over to us. We'll forward them to Jervis. And check out JerviscoL.com to learn more about what he's doing and see him with all these celebrities. Because he's a celebrity himself, right? That's and he's right, not Wesley, right. he's not Wesley Snipes, he's Jervis Cole. Okay. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, Jervis. Thank you so much. Adios. And uh, we thank yeah. everyone for watching the episode 147. Thank now you. in the books. God bless you all. We'll see you next week. Stay tuned on our Facebook page for who is going to be our next guest on an eternity of basketball. For Sid Ventura and Noel Zarate. I'm Charlie Kuna. We're signing off. Thank you, everyone. Jervis. Thank you. Thank you, Jervis. Thank you, Jervis. All right. All right.